Do you remember planning your wedding? Are you planning it right now and thinking, why is this so stressful? You're not alone. With budgets to juggle, big plans to make, and friends and family to keep happy, wedding planning has become less about fun and more about work. Wedded Wellness is here to provide health and wellness tools to ease your stress and create routines that enable you to remain calm and strong on your big day and beyond. Because stress will always be with us. And what better than to cultivate wellness and identify your best self as you move into any stage of life. This is the Wedded Wellness Podcast. Hey listeners, thanks for tuning into the Wedded Wellness Podcast. I'm Ashley Sondergaard, your host and founder of Wedded Wellness, and we are in full-on COVID quarantine. <laughs> yeah, I hope you're all doing okay, thinking of you right now. I know this is a really scary time. It's also it's a really interesting time to be alive. There's, there's so much happening, and during this time, I'm really committed to providing a little extra content, a lot of which will be helpful to pass the time while we're stuck at home. Hence today's episode. Um, today, we're talking with Sydney Ward, a friend of mine and a really talented reader. She talks about the practice of tarot card reading and how to learn more and start a practice, how it might fit into a really fun date night. Okay, let's hop right into the episode with Sydney Ward. All right, hey listeners, we are here today on the Wedded Wellness Podcast with Sydney Ward of Lake Anima Intuitive Wellness to talk about tarot cards. I am so excited. Thanks, Sydney, for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be here and so excited to be talking about tarot. One of my favorite things. <laughs> Me too, really. I love it. I don't know a lot about it, so I'm excited you're going to enlighten all of us, um, but it's so cool. So Sydney and I are not in the same place. This is the first time I've done an interview remotely because hashtag coronavirus, right? Like, <laughs> here we are. <laughs> Everything's changing. <laughs> We're getting so We're good at this digital. world. I know. Oh, yeah. Uh, I do feel like it has been kind of a kick in the pants for a lot of people to, um, even if they don't ultimately want to move their business online, to at least get some kind of online digital situation going. That's so true. I mean, I love that. Like the silver lining is like, we are now all extremely aware of our email list. (laughs) Oh my God. For real. I'm like, oh shit. (laughs) I need to, oh, sorry. (laughs) You can totally swear. This is okay. Okay. Oh, good. (laughs) That was the first thing I was going through on Sunday. I was like making my list of what do I need to do? Like, how do I need to get ready to respond? And it's like, oh, I haven't updated my email list in like three months. So that's a good place to start. Good place to start. Everyone get on her email list. It's going to be great. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So Sydney, um, will you talk about tarot, how it works with your business, how you got into it. Just give us all the good details. All the good stuff. Um, yeah. So I will start with my business. So I practice what I call intuitive wellness and I use a variety of modalities to basically help create on ramps for people to the best version of themselves and the best version of their lives. Uh, I really focus on practical self-care that reduces stress, that improves energy levels or balances energy levels, 
um, and that has like actionable takeaways and actionable tools that people can actually use in their lives to feel better and feel more confident and clear on the direction that they're headed. So one of the tools that I use is tarot. Um, tarot is, in my experience, the best way to get in touch with and validate your intuition, to look at something with a new lens or from a new perspective, or to really help co-create clarity around a decision or a life path or kind of what's next. Um, you can also use tarot to look at the past, um, to look at current situations or in some other areas, but the way that I found it to be most useful is in that sort of pres prescriptive way of, um, yeah, helping to create some like action plans around any area of your life, whether it's your relationships, your business, your home life, what you want to do in life, all of that. Um, so yeah, that's kind of kind of how it fits in. The other so, thing, oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, does that, I think sometimes people are like, they think it's going to tell their future. Like it's like oh, a yeah. psychic thing. So you're, <laughs> you're saying that you use it more as like that it is the world. It is what it is. And here's how we can navigate it. And like, here's how we should move in a certain direction. Is that, is that true? Yes, that okay. is absolutely true. Yeah. All the time, especially when people have never had a reading before, I think there's always this perception that it's this um, like spooky future telling, like you're going to meet a tall, handsome man at midnight kind of like <laughs> deal. <laughs> and it's, um, or people think that I'm going to tell them that there's like a blood curse on their family. And that's just really not, <laughs> not what it's about at all. Okay. Um, and I mean, there are, certainly there are people who use tarot cards that have other gifts, um, like clairvoyance, but that's not really, yeah, like you said, that's not really the, the primary use of the cards themselves. Okay. They really are, um, we sort of talk about the difference between predictive and prescriptive, and um, predictive being telling your future, telling you what's next, prescriptive being more like what you said, kind of helping to find how to move through certain situations or the, the particular circumstances they are looking at. Okay. Um, and tarot is really more prescriptive of, of that, of that piece. Does that make sense? Yeah, it really, it does to me. And I, when I tell people that, cause I, I'm not, I dabble in it and I'll like to like pull a card and, and yeah. they're like, Oh my gosh, like, am I going to pull the death card? And I'm like, you know what, if you do, that's good. Something's going to sleep and you're clearing yes. out some space. And like, it's just yes. there's so much fear around tarot and it makes mm -hmm. me laugh. Cause I think it's actually mm -hmm. really enlightening. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's so true. There is, there's a lot of fear and some of it is the imagery, right? Like the kind of the, the big three scary cards that people don't want to draw are the death, card, the tower card, and the devil card. Um, understandably, like with our, the way that we see those symbols in our society, um, or what we kind of naturally associate them with is sort of like, oh, okay, yeah, I can understand why people would be a little, little scared. Um, but we, when we dig into what they mean in the tarot, there is a lot of really good soul medicine in there that isn't scary at all. Like you said, it's like good stuff. It's really good stuff. 
And like after all of those cards, right? There is yeah. a new, like, what is it after the tower? Is it the star that's next? Um, it's like, I want to say yes. <laughs> I feel like there's always the light at the end of the tunnel. Like yes. they're like, you're, you're that much closer to something good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So will you talk about like how tarot came to be? I, I know a little bit that like, I think it started in Italy and like, it was mm -hmm. a game. Will you talk about that, that whole journey? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, tarot is thought to have originated from a card game um, in Italy. So spot on so far. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, and it was called Tarochi. Um, as far as I know, I'm not sure that there are any surviving decks, although there is mention of the game in certain documents. Um, so tarot, as we know it, the French spelling T-A-R-O-T is thought to be um, sort of a French adaptation of that Italian game, Tarochi. Um, and that's sort of where the definitive history of how our current tarot kind of stops <laughs> is okay. um, that we think it's a French adaptation of an Italian game, uh, an Italian card game that uses um, trump cards like the Major Arcana, um, in addition to cards that are just like a regular deck of cards like the Minor Arcana. In more recent history, so we do have a pretty defined history of the tarot going back to the 1700s. Um, in the 1750s, a man named John Baptiste Elliott uh, was the first, or as far as we know, the first documented person to be making a living by reading cards in a divinatory way. Um, following that, he had a lot of students. So in that time, there were also a number of different um, like pamphlets and publications and small booklets and stuff like that that were printed relating to different kinds of what we would call tarot. Um, not There wasn't a really codified system, but there were a bunch of different card decks being used um, in addition to the games that they were being played with as divinatory tools. In the, like, following in that, in the 1820s, there was actually a double, like a double-headed deck, if you've ever seen those um, playing cards that have like the heads on both sides for the mm -hmm. court cards, um, that was printed with the divinatory meanings on the cards. Um, and so that was 200 years ago. Um, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, in that, in the later 1800s, mid to late 1800s, um, is when an organization called the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn really started to rise. It's this hermetic kind of secretive order. Um, think like Freemasons, stuff like mm -hmm, that. Mm -hmm. um, and they really practiced or dove into a lot of different, uh, I'll say quote unquote, occult practices. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but one of the things that they did was uh, readings with tarot cards. Um, one of their members in 1909 um, was part of publishing the Rider Waite Smith deck, the RWS deck. And that's the most common deck that is currently used to read tarot cards. So that was published in 1909, was kind of the first one in modern history and is really the one that we've continued to build from. Um, in the next few decades, two more of the major decks were published. Um, Thoth, which is very similar to RWS, and Tarot de, uh, de Marseille, which is 
similar, but also very different. <laughs> um, and those are kind of the three major tarot systems that are currently used. Um, it became really popular through the 30s and 40s. There was sort of like a spiritualist movement during that time. It had a resurgence in the 70s. Um, in the 80s and 90s, there was this sort of like golden age of small tarot publications, um, like magazines and zines and stuff like that. And then with the internet in the 90s, um, it just sort of exploded online. And there was a little bit of a lull. And now we're back in this sort of like mini boom of tarot. Mm -hmm. And with the internet and things like Etsy and Kickstarter, we're seeing more and more decks from more and more small artists being published, um, giving us like a really wide variety of takes and representations of the different imagery, which has been, I think, really good for the practice in general. So long story short, <laughs> <laughs> long story long, make it short again. Um, we definitely can date um, like reading cards divinatorially back to the 1750s. The systems that we use now um, really got their foothold or got started in the early 1900s. Um, and as far as before that, we don't actually have a real clear, definitive, this is exactly the path that it followed to become the tarot deck. So yeah, that's your history lesson for I the day. It. There's <laughs> always some mystery involved, which makes it that much cooler yeah. and yeah so when you say there's different decks so like yes. I do have a Rider Waite Smith I have a couple mm -hmm. other ones too like I have the Wild Unknown which is super popular mm -hmm. um are they all the same cards they're just different artwork or like how do they differentiate yeah so most modern decks um the Wild Unknown would be included in this are based off of the Rider Waite Smith deck okay so it's the same cards, the same, um, you know, 22 major arcana cards, the same, whatever the rest of that number is for minor arcana cards. <laughs> um, and they do just have different artwork. And also, um, if it's a deck that comes with a guidebook, they all have slightly different interpretations of those cards. So like the big headline of the card, um, is still the same, but it's a slightly different perspective on the card, if that kind of makes sense. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking at the, um, like the Fool is a great example. If you're looking at the Fool in one deck, it might be really the artwork and the way that the author has interpreted it might be really focused on like innocence or new beginnings. Um, in other decks, you might see that it's more sort of like being naive um, or having been like taken advantage of. So both have to do with, you know, having kind of a fresh perspective, but kind of different interpretations of what that really means or what that really looks like. Um, so a lot of the modern decks are based on Rider Waite Smith. The Thoth deck, which there are some more decks now that have more modern imagery, um, has some differences in the order of the major arcana it's strength and another one are like flip-flopped. And then um, in the way that it's read, it relies a lot more heavily on astrology in the way that the Thoth deck is intended to be read, even though functionally it looks like it's kind of the same as the Rider-Waite deck. Oh. 
Yeah. And then the other one, Tarot de, de, Mar- de Marseille, TDM, I'm just going to start saying that, Okay. Um, is they don't use any um, for the, for the minor arcana cards, like the one through tens, rather than having pictorial depictions of those, um, they just use, uh, what are called pips. So it just literally has like seven cups on it or six swords on it rather than an image. Mm. Um, and the intention with that is that like color and numerology are a lot more important than, um, sort of esoteric symbolisms. Cool. Okay. <laughs> that totally does. I had no idea. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I can talk about this stuff for hours. So you just have to tell me if I'm like rambling. <laughs> I love it. You're, you have a wealth of knowledge on it because I mean, I think there is a lot out there and like, sometimes it's for those of us that are new, like, where do we start? Like, what do we yeah. do? So yeah. then can you explain what the difference between a major arcana and a minor arcana card is? Yes. So the major arcana is 22 cards and they, well, technically it's 21 cards and the fool, which is sometimes separate. Mm -hmm. Um, and they are big archetypes or I consider them in my practice to be guides on our greater journey. Um, and what they really represent are these big ideas, big picture messages and lessons that we're meant to learn and move through in our life as well as big transitions. Um, So like you mentioned the death card, that's one that is definitely a transition card um, in a big way. You know, it's not like, oh, I'm transitioning from (laughs) this meeting into that meeting. It's like, oh, big life stuff is happening. Um, Meanwhile, the minor arcana, which are set up practically just like a regular deck of cards. There are four suits. Um, And in each suit, there's numbers one through 10, and then four court cards. What the court cards are called varies from deck to deck, but the traditional ones are the page, the knight, the queen, and the king. Um, And all of the cards in the minor arcana are more tactile, the more of the day-to-day. Rather than being big picture, it's the stuff that you can really, like, dig your hands into and work with. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So if I pull a major card, I think in my mind, I was always like, oh my gosh. So I pulled a major, I like mm-hmm. to pull a daily card. Like that is yeah. kind of my practice. Um, and I'm like, today I pay attention. Like, here's what's up where if I were to pull a minor card, it's mm-hmm. more like, okay, something to just something to think of. Would you say that's mm-hmm. true? <laughs> I, yeah. Well, okay. so I think that anyway, any way that you practice with tarot, you or anyone else mm-hmm. is correct. There's this idea that there's a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. Um, and I do have some opinions about that, but in general, any tools that we're using, especially if you're using them just for yourself and your own spiritual growth, there's no wrong way to do it. It's, you know, doing it in a way that works for you and is helping you along your journey. Okay. Um, but what you said about, yeah, if you draw a major card on a particular day, I think I have a similar experience with that. As far as like, if I draw a major, I'm like, okay, for me, it's like, oh, I'm going to have a revelation today (laughs) (laughs) about this or something's (laughs) going to happen. That's really going to clarify what I need to be learning or doing about this big item in my life. And that's going to be a theme. If I draw a minor, it's like, okay, in every interaction that I have today, I just need to make sure that, yeah, I am, 
I think of the five of wands. That's one that comes up for me pretty frequently. Um, and it's really about, you know, act, choosing to act or choosing to let someone else act and being okay with the consequences of either choice. Um, and so it's like, okay, I just need to keep that in mind while I'm making choices today. Um, so yeah, I think that that's definitely true that it's kind of like, oh, this is a, this is a big thing to pay attention to versus like, okay, this is something that can be a lens through which I experienced just today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you, okay. So a daily card is one way to do it. Yeah. How might someone who is interested in, in learning about tarot on their own. Um, mm -hmm. and then we'll get to like what it, what it mean, means to go to someone yeah. like you. Mm -hmm. So if I'm brand new to the practice, like mm -hmm. how do I start doing pulling cards? Like, what does that look like? Yeah. So I think it's really important to get a deck that has a guidebook. So step one. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> while it is, um, you know, there is information available about all of the cards in any of the decks online. Um, I think there is something to the convenience and the, and the like hands-on nature of having, having everything at your fingertips and not needing to disconnect to look something up. Um, I always recommend to people actually that they start with doing a daily card. Mm, There's good. 78 <laughs> cards. It can be a lot. It can be really overwhelming. And doing a daily card is a really great way to start to get to, uh, start to get familiar. There we go. Words are hard. Mm -hmm. um, start to get familiar with some of the cards and some of the um, meanings, you know. So if you happen to pull a lot of cups, you're going to start to notice that they kind of trend toward, towards more emotional aspects. Um, if you tend to pull a lot of fours, you're going to notice that they trend towards stability and um, security. So it's, it's a good way to kind of slowly trickle that stuff in. The other thing that I always tell people is you have to be mindful of what type of learner you are. So it's really easy for me to say, well, just like go buy these three books and then you'll know everything that you need to know about tarot. Or if you follow this blogger, then you'll know everything that you need to know about tarot. And, you know, that's true for someone who learns the same way that I do. So for me, I love reading, but I learn most by doing. So what I do, what I did when I was first trying to really learn the tarot is I had um, my guidebook for the deck I was using. And then I had a second book and then an app that I really like on my phone. And what I would do is when I pulled my daily card, I would journal about the card and I would write down things in each of the three sources that I was looking at that stood out to me about that card. And I did that for every card in the deck <laughs> over <Wow>. time, <laughs> um, which is like a lot, but for me, it was really enjoyable. And that act of writing it down helped cement it in my mind. Um, so if you are someone who is, a, who learns by doing, like, that's one way to do it. If you're someone who absorbs things really well by reading, um, there are a couple of great books. One is 78 Degrees of Wisdom. And the other one that I really like is The Creative Tarot. Um, and they have like really good in-depth information and good, uh, I think the most like signposts for each card that help you know, um, or help you remember what different cards are um, or meaning or are pointing towards. Uh, if you are kind of someone who learns by listening, finding a 
YouTube channel or a podcast about tarot that you really connect with is going to be the best way for you to learn. Um, and then once you kind of start to get a, a foundation, if you are wanting to read for other people, not that that needs to be a goal because it doesn't, um, but if you're wanting to read for other people, just practicing by trading with other people. There are lots of online groups that are set up specifically for that is a great way to kind of have a low stakes <laughs> mm -hmm. opportunity to practice that skill set. So then if we're transitioning to mm -hmm. like, okay, now I understand tarot, I'm, I'm into it. And I want someone to read for me. Yeah. How, what is that like? If they come to see you, like yeah. what are the various um, services that you offer? Yeah. So personally, I, for local people, I usually just do a flat rate for a reading. If somebody requests a reading with me and then we sit down, we set aside time and sit down and talk through what kind of guidance they're looking for, what area of their life they want to look into, kind of what length of time they want to cover in the reading, um, so that what they're getting is really customized to them. Um, I know I'm a little unique in that aspect. A lot of readers have like a standard, oh, this is your first tarot reading, like this is the reading that we're going to do to kind of get you started. And I think that's great. It just isn't my style. Mm -hmm. <laughs> It's so important to me as a practitioner that like you are getting exactly the guidance that you're looking for and that it's actionable in your life in the way that you want it to be. Um, I don't ever want to dump a bunch of information on someone and just be like, okay, there you have it. Bye. Like <laughs> I want them to walk away feeling like <laughs> they've got some clarity that they have some next steps. Like they have some, I'm a big fan of homework. So like they've got some homework that is going to be beneficial for that. <laughs> That's important to me. Um, and I also do uh, digital tarot readings and that looks a little different. We'll have um, usually an email exchange talking through the same information. Like what are you looking for um, so that I can develop a spread that addresses that. And when people don't know, like general guidance is great. So if you're just like, okay, I really like tarot. I want a reading from a professional but I don't really know what I want. I just want a reading. Like that's totally fine. Totally fine. I have, um, I have this big comprehensive spread that I use. That's let's see, six, seven, 21 cards. Um, it's huge, but it's like my favorite spread. <laughs> um, and that's a lot of fun for getting like big general guidance and affirmation around things in all different areas of your life. Um, so yeah, we can either, I, yeah, either doing it in person or digitally. Okay. And I would say for anyone who's looking for a tarot reader, I mean, obviously you could come to me, <laughs> but <laughs> really what you want to look for is somebody who you connect with, someone who like trust your intuition, someone who you feel like is going to be honest with you someone who you feel like has your best interests at heart and is coming from a place of service and someone who, I don't know, has that certain something where you just feel like, oh, okay, like this is going to be good. Because <laughs> um, that's, it's such a personal relationship between like a reader and a querent. That's what we call our clients, querents. Oh, um, yeah, okay. fancy. <laughs> um, you know, the way that I deliver information needs to work for you. If the way that I deliver information causes you to shut down, then we're, we're not going to have a good relationship and you're not going to have a good experience 
receiving readings. So like that personal piece is really important. I think you can relate to this, you know, like in yoga, um, we talk about how not every student is for every teacher. Totally. And not every teacher is for every student. It's the exact same with reading cards. I was just thinking that same thing as you were saying that. Like it's, mm-hmm. it would be unrealistic to think that everyone is going to like our yoga classes because you teach yoga right. too. So like you, it's yeah. just, yeah, but that's okay. We can't please yeah. everyone. Yeah. I would love recommending other teachers to other students and yeah. yeah. It feels good when you know that you're like guiding someone to the right fit. Like that feels really good. So on this show, we talk a lot about partnership and like in preparation for perhaps marriage, Mm -hmm. um, long-term partnership connection. How would someone use tarot to help guide partnership or Mm -hmm. get some direction in that area? Because I know that you do some cool like pre-wedding polls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, um, I have a series of spreads, um, and spreads are just, you know, how we lay the cards with what meanings, um, that are specifically for couples in every stage of their relationship from like just before they get engaged all the way up to the day of their wedding. Um, and I love them, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> but it, uh, what they really look at is helping to, at the various stages, depending on what you're going through, what you're working through, um, helping to uncover any potential obstacles, any potential areas of friction, um, and how that, re- that piece really helps is just so that you can see it coming, you know, it's so you don't feel so blindsided and in some cases you're able to take action to like keep it from being such a big deal or from being so um, dramatic or frictionful. (laughs) Uh, Mm -hmm. But often just having that awareness that, Oh, this, this obstacle is potentially on your horizon allows you to come to that obstacle with a lot more grace and ease, Um, especially in that period between engagement and getting married, like the wedding planning process and, um, you know, if you're blessed to have two families that are very supportive and hands-off, awesome, but often that's not the case. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, And which is just totally fine. Everybody's coming from a place of love. Uh, Sometimes it's just communicated in interesting ways, but knowing that you might have some issues around like communication or expectations around a particular part of your process can help you be prepared to deal with it when it comes. Um, So then with that, the readings also cover how to approach those situations, what your best strategy is going to be, um, and, and talking about potential outcomes. And, you know, if you follow your strategy, what can you expect to see? So whether it's, you know, trying to decide the big details of like getting married, whether it's kind of that midway process or we're starting to go through Um, some more kind of relationship counseling as a supplement to that. Um, If it's dealing with friction within your family or your bridal parties, like all of that, we cover all of that. And it's a really great way when couples can come together um, and be read because a reading draws on the energy um, and the, the web of intuition that connects us all, calling in the guides for both parties for both partners 
um, and being read together is a really beautiful way to kind of additionally forge your bond and connect on a level and open up conversations on a level that maybe you haven't before. Yeah, I love that to open conversation, especially, you know, Mm -hmm. perhaps your partner hasn't done it before. And like, this is new to both of you. And now you get to talk about these really new things. Like, I love that. That's so cool. And there is a piece too, like of newness, right? Of it can, I know when I was, when I was planning my wedding, I don't know. I don't know if there's ever been a period where me and my husband were less connected. (laughs) Cause that was, you know, it was like, we were working our full-time jobs and then like all of the rest of my time was spent planning the wedding and like getting ready for that. And it was just this like big looming ball of stress in addition to everything else that was going on in our lives at the time. And it was just like, there is something to choosing to keep doing new things and have new experiences with your partner during an otherwise (laughs) very stressful time. It's a good parallel to what's happening right now. Like we're all trapped at home and we're all super stressed and like we have, we will have to figure out new things to do together. And you know what? Not a bad thing. Like it's, I, I'm like, I, I wish I could say that I was so not stressed, like that this, I was using all of my tools in my toolbox to just be like, zen the F out. And that's not the reality. Like that isn't how we work. But I'm like, what would happen if we didn't have things like, you know, connection with our our family members or our partners? What if we didn't have yoga or we didn't have meditation or like our tarot practice things that like we can do at home, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so, so true. So you do bachelorette parties too, right? I do. Yes. yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. I love, I love doing, I love doing private parties, birthday parties, bachelorette parties. Oh my goodness. Um, it is a riot. Uh, I always like to ask people if they've seen wine country. Have you seen it? Oh my God. I love that. Okay. <laughs> so like, <laughs> the, like Miss Sunshine Tarot Reader. Oh my God. <laughs> My life. Oh, is that you? Is that you? <laughs> Not at all. I wish. No. <laughs> so funny. Hilarious. So it's, um, it's not quite like that at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is so much fun. So it's like a great ad if you're doing a bachelorette weekend or if that's what you want to kind of center your night around. Um, and the way that I like to do it, I I always give hosts the option. I can do everybody's readings privately, um, or we can do them sort of round robin style or all sitting together in like, uh, you know, living room or dining room or whatever. And everybody is getting read in turn. Um, which honestly is the fun way to do it. (laughs) I love that. Yes. It is so... It is like such a fun bonding experience. You're still getting like, I have a lot of fun with it. Um, And I let a little bit more of my, my Sydney personality shine through in those ones. Um, But you're still getting soul medicine. You're still getting really good guidance and you're still, you know, everybody's still getting this really valuable um, intuitive service. This like piece of connection to something bigger to yourself Um, but there's this added fun of like kind of getting to see what's on your friends' minds, to hear about what, um, their strategies are going to be. 
Um, and to, for me as a reader, it's a lot of fun when I'm reading for someone and I see someone else react. Do you know what I mean? Where it's like, I'm reading for Ashley and then <laughs> something that I say to Ashley makes Nellie gasp because yeah, she, you yeah. know what I mean? It's like that totally. in, instant, um, <laughs> that sort of instant recognition of like, oh my gosh, that's oh, so you. Like, <laughs> that is so true. I mean, cause people see things differently. Like we don't all view each other exactly the same and oh, yeah. like mm-hmm. stating the obvious sometimes can be <laughs> oh, yeah. helpful. Mm-hmm. We, oh, so brides and, and grooms and anyone that's like throwing parties, I mean, just throwing it out there, but like book some tarot and then book some yoga and like, it would be the best day ever. I'm not going to lie. It would seriously be the best day ever. <laughs> it would be so much fun. And like, I don't know. I mean, there's nothing, I don't want to say there's nothing wrong with a bar crawl, but you know, if that's your vibe, like totally, totally get it. But if that's not your vibe, like there's now more than ever, there's so many more options to do things and bring things into your pre-wedding and wedding festivities that are actually fun for you, that you actually enjoy or that you are actually interested in instead of just like, oh, well, this is what we do, you know? Yeah, it's so true. I mean, and it's like, we're all changing. Like I think when I, 10 years ago or almost 15 years ago when we got married, like I, we did the Vegas thing. Like we Mm -hmm. partied our faces off Mm -hmm. and that's not who I am now. And it just, you know, we change and we grow and like we have different interests. And Mm -hmm. so whatever you're vibing with right now, like make it your own, which is so awesome. Mm -hmm. So what now kind of reversing back just for a sec to what (laughs) self-care now, like at home, what do you do to take care of yourself? Um, Lots of things. <laughs> good. That's good. <laughs> well, for me, I, I have a problem where if I, if I, I tried to set for myself a long time, a specific self-care routine, or it was like, I do my daily reading. I do energy healing for myself. I do some movement. I do, it was like a list of four things, um, that I, that I wanted to do every single day. And you know, life happens. And when you work in industries like us, where every day is different, it's hard to schedule in things like that, where it's like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to do the exact same thing every day. And it, I would end up like guilting myself and feeling really uh, disappointed in myself for not accomplishing my self care that day. So then it became this like weird to do item. Um, so then I banished that. Good job. Good. <laughs> Love it. Um, and instead I, I have a little note in my planner. That's just like a reminder of what tools are available to me. It just says like tarot, Reiki, meditation, um, and movement and a couple other resources that I use. And I just have like a note in my planner that says those things. And I allow myself to welcome what feels good in the moment. So lately, what's been feeling good for me is actually been doing more energy healing for myself. Um, If you, yeah, if you do a Reiki one training, you don't have to be a Reiki master. You can do Reiki one training and then you have enough tools to perform energy healing on yourself. And that's really powerful. Um, 
so that's been a big one. I've also taken up taking really luxurious baths like twice a week. Yes. Yes. (laughs) My favorite thing. Um, and now you can take them every day. I don't know. Maybe I'd have enough time. I wish (laughs) I would love to take a bath every day. But yeah. So my, I guess to really answer your question, my self-care varies day to day just depending on what my body needs, what my energy needs. You know, if I, if I need to be grounded, you know, movement and tarot is where I go. If I need like soothing or if I need more energy, if I need to rise up, um, different kind of movement, but still movement and Reiki is where I go. If I need like true healing and relaxation time and to truly give myself space for that, then I take a bath. I turn off all my electronics. I go to bed at seven. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Yes. I love that. The earlier, the better. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, this is so fun. This <laughs> has kind of made my day. Like some social interaction, truly. Yeah. I mean, uh, so tell listeners, Cindy, where they can find you. Yes. Um, what they might hit you up for yeah. all of the other details. So, um, I am really active on my Instagram. My handle is Sydney S Y D N E Y underscore moves M O V E S. You can also find me at lakeonima.com. Um, currently, obviously <laughs> I'm really promoting my digital and remote services. Um, there are things that I already offer. I'm just kind of bringing them to the front. Um, and if you're looking for that, you can find information on that. It's going to be updated, um, continuously at lakeonima.com backslash remote. Um, and I offer tarot readings. We can do different sizes of tarot readings, but the one that's been really popular, uh, recently has been kind of a middle size, uh, which is $60. It's more detailed, really specific actionable information. I also do Reiki energy healing locally and remotely. And then I'm also going to be doing some remote or digital live events. Um, I'll be doing one on the 20th. That's this weekend in the evening. And then I'll also be doing one for the new moon and the full moon coming up. And the information on those is going to be up on my site and on my Instagram in the next couple of days. So, yeah. Thanks for doing those. I think a lot of people really could use those right now. So yeah, I thought so too. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking that I wanted them. This is actually how all of my services happen. I think that I want it. (laughs) And then I decide that other people probably want it too. (laughs) I love that. That's a good point. Well, thanks again for taking the time, Sydney, and sharing all the cool things that you do. So if you're local in the Twin Cities, you know, when when this passes, you can see Sydney in person potentially, or if you're wanting to do it now, meet her digitally. If you're in another part of the country, heck yes, check her out. Um, Set up a a digital reading. And I'll link everything in the show notes so that you guys can can learn more about Sydney. And thanks again for just for chatting this fun practice that I love. Thank you for having me, Ashley. It was such a joy. Of course. Thanks, Sydney. Thanks again for tuning in today, listeners. If you like what you're hearing, do me a favor, give the show a quick comment and a rating and even better, share it with a friend. They might need it right now. Tune in um, sooner than later for our next episode. Thanks, everyone.